Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. We want to thank our sponsor for this podcast, Rustin Leonard at Thrivent Financial. Thrivent helps its members be wise with money by offering guidance on sharing, saving, and spending. Thrivent, a non-for-profit membership organization that serves Christians, has helped its members protect their families and make wise money decisions for more than 100 years. If you're looking for some financial advice, give Rustin a call at 785-822-0653, or you can go to our Facebook page and you will see links to his site from there. Here we are. Welcome to Season 2, Episode number 5. It's actually a little bit longer than uh, normal. I think it's about two and a half weeks instead of two weeks. Um, we've been life got we've been in the counting, way. We've been counting numbers since uh, <laughs> we last talked, and we're just now able to catch up. Yeah, we, it's uh, we're going to get into that here in a little bit. We we have some uh, viewpoints on uh, the election situation that's going on right now, but it's Masters Week this week. Isn't that kind of weird to, to weird say to that say in November? Let's hope that the hurricane doesn't move in and blow them out of there. Yeah, it's going to be different for sure. Um, no gallery on the course. No. Uh, Have you course read what uh, Sir, what's his name, Sir Nick Faldo is going to do if uh, the big boy drives number one? Uh, uh-uh. b- b- what's his name? The big uh, Deshambo. Yeah, says he's going to drive number one, four fifty five uphill, and he said if he drives number one. He'll run naked across the gust. Oh, wow. There's <laughs> so, there's pretty good chance Shambo, he might so, do that. I, that must be a bomber of all time. So, yeah, it's if you don't follow golf, it's an interesting story. So this guy has been what I wouldn't call him a nobody, but he hasn't been a winner. I mean, he hasn't. he's got maybe a handful of wins on the tour, no big wins. He, about a year ago, maybe two years ago, started doing some different things with equipment, kind of skirting the rules, if you will, a little bit in golf. Yeah. But the last year, his big thing was he's into this workout program and this and this diet. And this guy has put on a crap load of just muscle. Like he's the most muscular golfer you've ever seen on the PGA Tour. Which well, I don't know why muscular means longer drive. Well, it's a it combination of it. things. So he's got he's getting like a longer shaft on his driver right. that's that's at the Almost lim- illegal. He's just doing some stuff that all of a Didn't sudden he he's been his, hitting the ball. his irons, he used longer shafts. Yeah. He's just been hitting the ball a lot farther than anybody else has recently. I think he's uh, number one in the PGA Tour this year by far yeah. on driving distance. I read that and- the headline said he was going to try to bomb Augusta into submission. Well, I think I saw he was doing some practice rounds. I think one round he played the longest club he hit into a a green, so second shot typically, um, was a seven iron. So everything was mostly wedges and, and a couple of probably really long par fives. He was hitting a seven iron into, into the green for a second shot. If that's the trend we're going towards, then courses that are, um, courses that are set up today, locally, say a Kansas tour, Kansas, uh, you, the, the pros couldn't even play on our courses. No, no they, they can't away. now. I mean, it's not fun. You think about the Salina Country Club, they, oh, yeah, they, they couldn't would, play on they that would course. Drive, they oh, would yeah. Seven irons off yeah. tee boxes. I mean, there's a the guy who uh, has, I think he's tied for the course record. He might have just gotten beat recently, but uh, um, 
the guy that did have the course record for a long time, I think he's he's played on some tournaments on the PGA Tour. Then there's a local kid here in town who's actually trying to get on the PGA Tour, and he either tied the record or set the record within the next within the last couple of weeks at the Country Club. So and what he shoot? Do um, you know? I want to say a 60, 61, something yep. like that, which so, is really good. Yeah, that's a pretty good score. So I I I can double that. And nine holes. Yeah, I can double that. <laughs> so, well, hey, let's jump into the story of the week, Philip. What do you got for this week? I'm kind of a, a double-barreled shotgun story here. Neither one of them got shot, but two of my old favorites died this week, Alex Trebek and Sean Connery. Uh, I thought you were going to throw Billy Tubbs into no, that and, list. You know what? Billy Tubbs is on the list, but uh, but in all honesty, Alex Trebek, me and I still watch. He's on Netflix, The old all the series going dating back for years. Yep. And so... We watch, uh, even when we're just driving to Oklahoma, driving long distances, we'll just, I'll just turn it on my phone, not to watch it while I'm driving, but I can listen to the questions and things like that. So Alex Trebek, and, and, and I remember all the way back in high school, I think Trebek started that in 1984. He did over 8,000 episodes and uh, right to the end. I mean, he just, he's 80 years old and did his last episode last week or so. Um, and so, uh, Pretty neat guy, too. Of, uh, yep. I just like his enunciation of words, the way he can just about say any word. So to find <laughs> a replacement. breaks into his French This wouldn't be little Jimmy. He wouldn't be able to do yeah. it. You know, he can't say big words like that. And then also, <laughs> Sean Connery died, 90 years old, Bomb. 007 himself. Yep. I was never a huge follower of 007s. I like them okay, but not. I probably the favorite thing that I ever saw uh, Sean Connery in is either um, The Hunt for Red October or... I liked him in Indiana Jones when he was Indiana's dad. Yep. Uh, those guys, but but that's too uh, too pretty. I, I mean, I know people get on Facebook and say, "Oh, my life has changed now that my favorite so and so has died." I'm not going to go quite that far, but they were two guys that uh, I've known my whole life, I guess, <laughs> just about. Well, and this is proof that uh, Philip and I don't talk a lot about what we're going to do. We want this to try to be as ad lib as we can. So while we do have an outline. We don't actually get into specifics of what we're going to talk about. My one last thing I was going to bring up was the death of Alex Trebek. Yep. So um, you just kind of stole my thunder there oh, on that man. one. But I'll tell you this, and and I won't I won't talk about it at the end. Then I'll, we'll do it now. But uh, when I was younger, I watched Jeopardy at four o'clock quite a bit, and I still do. If I if I get home or or whatever, I'll I'll still throw it on there and watch it. To this day, I love trivia. I'm I, yep, I go to too. trivia contests whenever I can, and I truly, honestly believe that my gathering of stupid information, worthless information that you'll never use the rest of your life, comes from here. And my love of trivia <laughs> is from watching Jeopardy from when I can, uh, as far back as I can remember. No, so. I believe that too. There and and the funny thing is when you're listening to the show. Um, I, if I know the answer, I mean, I try to spout it off as oh, fast absolutely. as possible so there's that no, everybody knows there's how no smart I am. There's no penalty if you lose yeah. or miss and, it. Uh, and I'm amazed at some of the stupid things that I've remembered. Yep. And I'll say, oh, yep. my God, how did I remember that? Yep. It's funny, though. I will tell you this. In this day and age, for a celebrity, this is pretty rare. You'll never find anybody that doesn't like Alex Trebek. Nope. Nope. And the, the people there said they were on his set. Of course, most of them have probably been with him for a long time. Um, died... Uh, at home, yep, uh, and said he was his one of his big goals was watching the sun come up, watching yep. the horizon, and he was able to do on that on his porch from swing home. with so his wife. So, so that's, that's what he did nice. last day. Yep, yep, that's pretty cool. 
So, well, my story of the week isn't uh, isn't quite as cool as that, but uh, um, my story of the week is is centered around KU basketball. Um, and uh, you know, basketball season is going to be coming up, and and Philip and I are going to talk about uh, Big Twelve basketball here probably on the next podcast. I think should be right before the season starts, but. Um, Silvio D'Souza is a player that, uh, for those of you that don't know, has been at the center of a lot of FBI investigations at KU over the past couple of years. Kicked a couple of guys from K-State Cup one time, didn't he? I picked up a bar stool <laughs> and was about yeah. to beat the crap out of somebody uh, I, I, I with it. I think he even kicked a fan. You know, he's, he's a fine young and, man. And I'm going to bring that up here in just a second. <laughs> but uh, back on October 28th, the Lawrence Journal World had an article that came out on their website that uh, ex-KU basketball player Silvio D'Souza was soon to be charged with aggravated battery. The charging document filed on Monday, 1026, states that he unlawfully, feloniciously, I don't even, I hope I said that word right, and recklessly caused great bodily harm or disfigurement to another person. What was interesting about this is the alleged incident was reported to Lawrence Police as a battery at 2.36 a.m. on January 1st, down on Mass Street. So what, what to me is interesting about this is that this happened January 1st of 2020, and it did not come out until October 23rd of 2020. So that's 10 months that passed. What's interesting is it didn't come out until a week after he announced he was leaving the team. Hush. Yeah. Hush. There's a little something funky going on there. So I guess at this point they were going to keep it covered up until the time when he decided he wasn't going to play anymore, and now they're telling the police off, police department to go after. How would you feel if you're the victim in that scenario yeah, right and there? And that's always what happens. The victim is the one that loses. And uh, and how do you think her family thinks about the uh, whoever the people are behind the cover-up? Who, how do you yep. think her family oh, feels yeah. about that? And you think about that. Usually, it's the victim that gets screwed on these kind of deals. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and this was so when this happened, the the stool incident and the and the uh, sunflower brawl that we had our emergency podcast on. So that would have happened twenty days after this incident. So he had a rough month of January yep, there month. for that guy. But uh, I mean, it's, great I, recruit, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hardly played at all at KU. <laughs> He's got him in FBI investigations and. But I mean, I, th- I think uh, from my standpoint, it just kind of tells you about you know the the program that Self and Long are running over there, and you know at the end of the day they say, oh, Self had no knowledge of this issue, which is what they're always going to say. But and and they said that he only found out about this a few weeks ago. But d- does KU athletics really think that the general public is that stupid? The Bill Self had no knowledge of this and didn't find out about it for nine and a half months until right before the guy left the program. You know, this is goes a little off of that, but Mark Mangino, you know, that was coaching there, and KU basically ran off, probably one of the more successful coaches they've had in the last 40 years. Um, there was an article in the Daily Oklahoma this week that I read, and he said uh, at, for a while he was mad at the university, and he said now I'm just absolutely sad for what's going on yep. there. It's yep. just – he said now I'm – even in a way I'm – the way the article read, he was – to the point where I'm frustrated of all the hard work we put in yep. and what's and going on, where yeah, where it's at now, now. what's yep. going on yep. now. And then I, it, I also understand him being mad when he, but that's yep. an old story from a long time ago, but it kind of <laughs> is the beginning of a lot of unwinding. Yep. Well, we're going to, we're going to jump into a, a local topic here that's been going on. Um, and, uh, that's the, uh, the ongoing situation with the school district and their head scratching, um, 
decisions that they're making right now. So uh, I I don't know where we left off on the last podcast, but at the beginning of the school year, uh, the Salinas School District had, and I'm speaking specifically of middle school and high school now, elementary school is, I think they're still going full time, but you had cohort A, which went on site at school Mondays, Tuesdays, and then remote Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Then you had cohort B, that was remote Monday, Tuesday, on site Wednesday, Thursday, and then remote on Friday. But Friday felt like a free day. Yeah. In in it wasn't a lot senses. going on on Friday. Wasn't a lot yeah. going on for, on Friday. So actually, my kids were probably two days, very little, but somewhat online if they had to go catch a class or something on Zoom. And then two days Wednesday, Thursday was my was their schedule. And, and I would I would. I had a different experience with Morgan where I would tell you that even on the remote, I mean, obviously the school day, she was there from seven 30 to two 30 or whatever the time is, but on the remote days, I mean, she would get up and start working about eight and she would have homework and stuff to do until two o'clock. Most yeah. days, uh, Fridays, not really, but, but definitely the other two remote days. So, so the, the school district sent a survey out and there was three questions on there. And I'm going to paraphrase these questions a little bit, but basically if I remember correctly, I think question one was, are you happy with what's going on right now? Question two was, do you think your kid needs to go to school five days a, five week, days a week for academic reasons? And the third question was, do you think your kid needs to go to school five days a week for social reasons? My guess is a majority of the people voted no, we're not happy, yes, and yes to the other two questions. I say that too. So I think the, we all felt that way. Was the their social... <laughs> You know, basically, you have your classes in half. So some of Gentry, Harper, my high school kids, Hal's best friends, didn't go at the same time. They never saw them. Right. Haven't seen them yep. in over a year now Yep. since the pandemic or whatever you want to call it started back in March, basically nine months since they've seen multiple friends. Yep. Um, and uh, so the all day for social and all day for education, both, we probably would have voted yes on yep. both. Nope, I agree. And and I, it's no, we've made no bones about the fact that we both feel like they need to go to school five days a week. So so what's the school district do after this, this survey comes out? So now what they've decided to do is cohort A, so that was your Monday, Tuesday at school folks, now go to school every day in the morning. So from 7.30 to 11 o'clock, basically. And then your cohort B, which was your Wednesday, Thursday folks that went to school, they now go in the afternoons. I think it's so. What would it be? It's basically twelve to thirty to or eleven thirty. But to there's no lunch. So I don't know if the morning group goes and does a lunch. They get a lunch when they leave. They we, it's free if you want it. Okay, maybe mine does get it if they. But way I understand it, they don't have. We've been getting up and making breakfast for them yeah. every morning. Oh, uh, the first day they brought lunch home, uh, Morgan and Briley came home and uh, they it was pizza. Yeah. And Briley didn't get a pizza in her bag. There was no pizza in there. And then it was like this lime jello with oranges in it. Like it was. When I was a kid, good. I used to love pizza day. The square pizzas. Yeah, these they were weird pizzas. I'm wondering now and all these years later, and I was, of course, I grew up four hours south here. I wonder if the pizzas I ate came from Tony's Pizza. I bet they did. Tony's is never number, thought about they're it. They're the number one number institutional one pizza. So I may have maker. been eating Tony's pizzas all my life. And Thank you, can, you, Tony's. And you can get them online like. I got Crispitos online. Yep. There's a f- place called Food Service Direct. We're, we're kind of getting off topic here, but yeah, foodservicedirect.com where you can go buy that institution. <laughs> well, stuff, my favorite so. lesson in school was lunch hour, yeah. so my favorite period. 
So so now the kids are going to school five days yeah. a week. And but what this has done, and, and I think that it ultimately amounts to the kids actually being in school for an additional couple of hours a week. But what this amounts to is now it's a bigger pain in the ass for all the parents because <laughs> for my, in my case, my daughter is cohort A, so she goes in the morning. So now I have to go pick her up or yep. find arrangements at 11 o'clock to go get her. But then I also have to take her back to the school at 2.30 for basketball, basketball practice, practice. And, and volleyball That's practice right. before that. The morning people really get the worst end of that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm fortunate enough if I all of my kids are driving age that and can drive Annabelle, who's not to school. So me and Lisa don't have to worry about that. But the uh, the morning ones, like you said, if they're any kind of athletics, yep. cheerleading, yep. volleyball, Anything. basketball, yep. you have to go back to the school then at the end of the day. So you basically are there half a day, home, and then back for the rest yep. of the day. Makes no sense why they just aren't there all day. Well, long. I'm, I'm going to take no this a step further. So we've been doing this for seven full school days now. So, so far in seven days, Morgan has had zero to do in the afternoons. So now she's gone from actually doing schoolwork from six or seven hours a day to doing schoolwork for three hours a day. And when and she's come home, she has for nothing. Her next ride back to school. Well, yeah, that too. That's in that something. So. Yeah, it's, it, it's. I know everybody's trying to come up with the best solution, but and apparently COVID numbers are up. It sounds to me like they've gone up all the time, but it just doesn't seem like it affects school kids the way that anybody i mean i just don't see it affecting school kids well I, i've had some conversations with some teachers they're they're pretty upset about some of the changes i think um just it was kind of sprung on them so they were just kind of getting into the routine of right. what they were doing getting getting their stuff down and, and had a had a thing going there and uh, then they completely change it up so now they're back to square one on how they're doing their Basically, lessons plans nobody asked the teachers but, what's the best no, thing but it's the whole thing is is from what i've heard there is a crap load of kids failing classes, way yep. more than there normally is. Oh, and mine have got worse grades than they've ever had in their lives. And I've talked to, to uh, teachers who have had to call parents, and one specifically, the parent was like, you know what, look, I, I go to work, so my kid's at home, and he's going to do what he can do, but I'm, nobody's there to monitor him, nobody's going to be there to monitor him, and when I come home from work, the last thing I want to do is sit there and do six hours of schoolwork with my kid. Now, I would argue about your role as a parent in that scenario, but I get where they're coming from, and these kids are at home all day with with no... Nobody no, there to supervise There's a lot them, of parents so. that literally can't do it. Though. Absolutely can't. I mean, there's there's 12-hour shifts out there that a lot of people work. If you work at Exide, you're on 12-hour shift, and Tony's and places like that. You don't have time. I mean, you, you put that out to the teacher, and you can help monitor it and help them along the way, but you're not going to be able to sit down for hours and hours with them. No. So, yeah, so this has gone from bad to worse. <laughs> um, just, I guess, try to get through the holiday breaks here and see what happens and see what we do for the second semester. But I don't think this is what everybody had in mind when they said we want the kids to go back to school nope, all five days. Not. So There was a uh, – the kids will be coming home from, like, K-State, KU, places like that. Yep. And I think they're going to stay home extremely longer than in the past mm-hmm. this year. Um, yep. but maybe from Thanksgiving all the way till maybe fe- close to the beginning of February. Yeah. Uh, any of you need a job? Come out to Express. We'll keep you busy <laughs> during that time. <laughs> There's the plug. We we need yeah. to Express to sponsor yeah. this podcast. So, <laughs> well, hey, let's go on to football. Um, it's been a few weeks since uh, since we uh, were here and uh, had some football conversation. But uh, let's start with our new segment, the pick of the week. So last time we we did this pick. 
Philip, you had Miami minus 13 over Virginia. Did not. Miami won 19 to 14. Did so. not work out. And Over I thought Miami one. played terrible. So um, should have done better than that. I him hawed around with some picks. I, I did. Spe- we specifically talked about Michigan State versus Rutgers. That wasn't my pick, but I'm glad that wasn't because I would have lost that one big time. Right. Um, my pick was Alabama minus 21 at Tennessee, and Alabama ended up winning 48 to 17. So did on the season, job. I'm one and zero, oh, and you're zero and one on the pick. And so, today, I'm hopefully stealing a pick from you. It, I, it was one I was considering, but you're not stealing it from me. So what's your pick this week? I won Indiana over Michigan State. Indiana over Michigan State. The spread right now is Indiana minus seven and a half. So. And I'm going to tell you why. Give you, shouldn't we do <laughs> this? Michigan State sucks. We, we'll, we'll break this down. Michigan State, um, as we said, lost to Rutgers. Uh, yes. Which we thought this is a no-brainer for Michigan State to win. Then go to Michigan. and uh, At Michigan. At Michigan and kill Michigan. Then they go... Last week, back, and I guess that's this is a this is a rivalry game, so maybe do maybe it is that things funny happen, and maybe Michigan just stinks. That's I the think Harbaugh's going to be looking for a yeah. job pretty soon. And, and then this week they play Iowa. This week again yep. got smoked again, and I took Not Iowa in that game, good. so I was ready for that. Now one. at the same time, I sat and watched Indiana play Michigan this week. Indiana is now six and zero, five and zero, six and zero. Uh, no, they haven't like played that, that many. Just two or three, you know. Big Ten just started a couple yeah, weeks ago. They, they're, but they haven't lost. They're number nine in the well, country. Oh, they beat. They beat. Or uh, number ten in the country. I'm sorry. Who they, they beat Penn State, and they beat Michigan. First time they beat both of them in the in their in 26 years. Um, they just look good to me. I mean, I just watched them. Maybe it's because they have the same uniforms that OU wears. But I thought, boy, these guys look good. Uh, their coaches are young and vibrant and get after it. Uh, they're, they've got a really good quarterback, and 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 the truth is, I think Michigan State is that bad. Too. They're bad. Yep. Yeah. So I think Indiana will win the football game by two to three touchdowns. All right. So Phillips pick is number ten, Indiana, Indiana. minus seven and a half yep. over Michigan State. So, yeah, I, I haven't done too much research. I just kind of glanced at some of the scores or, or some of the matchups this weekend. Um, there's a couple that had my – I was scratching my head. That was definitely one of them. That was on my list, my my final list. Um, Virginia Tech favored by two and a half over Miami was – number nine Miami was another one. I, Miami has not – they have had some games that they haven't played well, but Virginia yep. Tech hasn't been good all season. Uh-uh. So that one I, I made my made me scratch my head. Um, I've been riding Coastal Carolina this year. Um, they're favored by ten and a half over Troy, and they've been destroying everybody. Ever since they so, beat Kansas, he's liked so, them. Yep, every <laughs> week. Um, so that was one I was looking at. BYU's another team I've been riding this season. It's done pretty well for me, but they're off this week. So I'm going to go to the NFL for my pick of the week. Okay. Sunday, Carolina plus four and a half at home against Tampa Bay. The same Tampa Bay that just got their ass handed to them Sunday evening by New Orleans. And Carolina team that played Kansas City pretty tough. I think uh, Carolina's been looking pretty good the last couple of weeks. And at home, I'm taking, I'll take that home dog all day in that game. So my pick is going to be Carolina plus four and a half versus Tampa Bay. Stayed away from the Dallas Cowboys, did you? Yeah, I'm not 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 going to be anywhere near. Another that, starting so. quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys this past week. That's uh, I think uh, Rico was going to get signed by him, wasn't he? Yeah. Hey, well, let's let's go on to let's go on to uh, in the since our last podcast, both your team and my team have played against KU. Yeah. So 
What was your thoughts, just real quick? Uh, I mean, I know there wasn't a lot going on the KUOU game Saturday night, but anything you want to point out there? You know, I, I watched them in person, and it's embarrassing. They're, they're not even competitive. Um, they made our defense look like the uh, Leroy Selman All-American defenses of the 70s for OU. They, I mean, the poor kid, the poor quarterback kid, that's it, and he, well, he's young, I guess, yeah. but he's um, he, he they they passed on first downs and second downs all day long. What do you think the kid? And then they're in third and longs the entire day. The play calling is some of the worst play calling I've ever seen in my life. Why wouldn't you try to run a little bit or do something different than pass on first and second downs every time? Yep. And you end up getting sacked. We we sacked him nine times, hurried him twenty five times. Um, I felt sorry for him. It was so bad. And then, of course, uh, Kyler and Baker, you know the numbers they put up, and Jalen Hurst put up good numbers. Never have we – neither one of them ever had two back-to-back weeks that they scored over 60 points, and they played KU in those same times mm-hmm. too. So Oklahoma goes back-to-back weeks scoring over 60. Literally, um, I know of two touchdowns we missed on. We were easily a 70-point game. Um, yeah. Not even trying in the fourth quarter. Right, we're a, it's a seventy point game. There is yeah, Mordecai bad, played quite a bit in that game. Uh, didn't he? Even the third string kid played a lot. Oh. Um, there is bad a football team as I've seen in a long, long time. And it's funny you say that because there was an article um, that came out after the KUK State game, which we didn't beat them as bad as Oklahoma did, but that game was never in doubt, and uh, we handled it pretty well. But um, it's a guy at L- Lawrence Journal World, so Lawrence's newspaper there. So, so he said this after the game, and I, this is in writing. It said, in many ways, KU may actually have more individual talent than its opponent on Saturday, but the Wildcats have a clear and established culture. It was born under Bill Snyder, and current coach Chris Kleiman has done well to maintain it while bringing his own flair to it. My question was, was he drunk when he watched that game? I mean, there are a couple of small spots. Like, I think definitely receiver with Parchment at KU. I mean, there I'd take him all day over the receivers we have. But that's about it. I mean, they made you, – you talked about how good they made your defense look. In my notes, I have it right here, word for word. Their linebackers made our backup tight end look like an Olympic sprinter during the game. <laughs> I mean, it was it was so bad. I don't know where what what game this guy saw, but uh, the cupboard was pretty bare when Bill Snyder left. I mean, everybody that's been watching K State. I mean, we we've been lucky, and and I'll get into that here. But uh, I mean, this is going to be a four or five year process before Kleiman has K State back to where fans want them to be. Um, but the game I saw outside of wide receiver, I didn't see anybody on the field uh, on KU side that was better than K-State. And K-State's an average team in the Big 12 right, right now. Well, they're ranked number two in the Big 12. I There was a the man that wrote the article in the Big 12 was just – he. I think it was the same, same article I'm talking about a minute ago about Mangino coming on and saying, I am now looking back and I was a part of the program. You want to have some pride in the fact that you built it to where it was – in 09, I think that's what was reasoning there in 09. Uh, that's um, probably about right. About there. Yeah. Went to the Orange Bowl yep. with having a pretty good year. Since that time, the worst major conference play stretch in college football history, minimum of 60 games, Kansas, from 2009 to 2020, are now 7 and 95 for a .069 winning percentage. 
to compare that with when K State was bad in from in the seventies and eighties. Yep. From seventy one to eighty nine, K State was seventeen eighty five and three, one seventy six winning percentage. They their winning percentage was double what KU's yeah. has been over the last eleven yep. years. I mean, it's 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 historically bad. Uh, the like I said, the the worst and and I don't know how they're going to turn around. It's not less miles. Believe me, no. it's not less miles. No. But I mean, it's just I mean, you look at it, man. I just don't see talent. I mean, they had some talent at running back, which Puka Williams did leave. We'll see if he comes back. Yeah. But I mean, I watched that game. I watched. I haven't watched a lot of KU football, but I watched the the game against K State. <laughs> Thank God for that. And uh, I mean, their front seven. On on defense is absolutely horrible. I hadn't watched um, a lot of shit in contests later. <laughs> their <laughs> offensive line was terrible. Their quarterbacks were terrible. I mean, it was across uh, the. I mean, their special teams were so bad. I felt bad for the punter. Like they probably would have been better just going for it on every fourth down than watching him punt the ball seventeen yards straight out of bounds. Yeah. So we had a couple of punt returns for touchdowns, and after the game. Miles even said they told the punter to kick the damn ball out of bounds, and he, can't. And he kicked it straight at our over, kicked his coverage, and kicked it straight to our our returner to to run it back for a touchdown. We we had one play where we we intercepted him probably three times, but one time we intercepted it, and then they we actually supposedly fumbled. But when we fumbled it, the guy that punched it out of out of our guy's hand was standing out of bounds when he punched oh, the ball. Oh, yes, I remember seeing so, that, yeah. So, it really, was, it really was a ball that we should have had. That took away seven points, so you're going – now you're up to 69 yep. points. We um, we didn't try to score in the fourth quarter. Um, it could have been one of the most lopsided wins in Oklahoma history. And, I, and this is against a team, Oklahoma, that I feel is just kind of getting there – yeah. They're kind of getting they their got, mojo back. They're not yep. great yep. still, but this isn't the best OU team in history. I'm just thinking to myself, what if it would have been one of the best teams in history yep. playing? Might have scored 100, you know, unless yep. it's, it's just it's pitiful. Yep. Well, I'll have to go back and I'll have to go back and re-listen to that first one to see what my prediction was for K-State's record. I mean, so since since the last podcast, we beat KU, we lost to West Virginia, lost to, to Oklahoma State. So we've had three games since then. Um, I think that the West Virginia ass kicking that we got, I, I kind of saw that coming. I didn't think that would be that bad. I honestly thought Oklahoma State would beat us worse than West Virginia did. But you think back, should have beat it, Oklahoma State. Should have. Yeah. I knew when we the first two possessions when we kicked field goals instead yep. of touchdowns that yep. those were going to come back to bite us. It was so, you played a great first half. Yep. Um, shut them out in the first yep. half and uh, should have won the ball game. Yep. Should have had a bigger lead it's, going into the half. We we're, we're at the point now. So so. You think about the games before, you know, we had three, I think, three non-offensive touchdowns against KU. We had to have a pick six to beat Texas Tech. And then West Virginia, that was just one of those. We never played them well for whatever reason. They came out, kicked, kicked us from the start. It was over pretty pretty early into that game. But you go to that Oklahoma State game, and and to your point, we, we did well and we should have won that game. But we're K-State's to the point now where – our injuries are piling up, and they're in our critical they spots. Are. So, I mean, you've got our our best offensive power right now is throwing to our tight ends and our fullback. So we had nine passes to Deneen during that Oklahoma State game. Now, I'm sure they probably saw something where they thought they would be able to exploit that, and right. and K State did a really good job making Oklahoma State play sideline to sideline, which they're 
not the best at that from a defensive side. But so our best tight ends hurt. We lost our second best tight end, Oklahoma State game. He had to play and broke his clavicle. He's out for the season. And I just found out right before this podcast that we have three other tight ends that are now in quarantine. And K-State just had an outbreak of COVID-19. So don't know who's all involved in that yet, but it sounds like it could be upwards of 20-some. So we'll see what happens over the next couple weeks. You hope it's not some of your better players. Um, yeah. I we we're close right now to where we predicted the beginning of the year. It's right now the football standings are Iowa State one, OSU two, K State, OU, Texas all tied at four and two. I think we expected by this time to K State to be a little lower, and maybe OU a little higher. But we're right in the meat of it, and with a few games left, it's anybody's game. I could still see Oklahoma playing in the Big Twelve championship game as the second place team. I could see. K State could you have to run the no. gamut on it. I think I think you got a three team horse race right now. You've got Oklahoma, Iowa State, and, and I'd probably throw Texas in there. Well, Oklahoma State so. too. If Oklahoma State beats OU, yeah, I mean they, they have potential. I just See, from what I, I watched the last couple of weeks, I don't know that Oklahoma State. Can I, do it. I don't. You know, Oklahoma's played its best football in the last three weeks, and they're getting better all the time. I feel like getting way better. We're off this week. Get healthy. Everybody looks pretty good. Only had very minimal injuries in the game. Stogner got hurt a little bit, and I think uh, Rattler got hurt just a little bit. And just, but I was at the game, so he, they were just rubbing on his hip. It wasn't anything yeah. serious. Got a week off to rest, and then Bedlam is the week following, which we'll talk about that next week. But I think yep. we got to. I, I would. I would bet you Vegas favors us in the game. I, I would think so. I mean, I, I would think I would think that OU should Which be favored in the rest of their games. Means, so, um, yeah, it's funny because I my guess is I I would have picked us to lose to OU and probably beat West Virginia. Outside of that, we're yep. probably right where I would have expected us yep. to be. So, yep. But, what, were you look at yourself and you'd say, I, right now, I expect think we would have been closer to three and three instead of four and two. So yep. you're about a game off. So, well, hey, let's. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna do another podcast here another week or so, um, and and talk and about some Thanksgiving stuff, yeah. and we can get into Bedlam a little bit and and where they are. So, let's go into the election because that's that's the kind of the last topic we want to touch on. We actually have a guest that's going to be joining us here in a few minutes. Um, it's going to be something. Hopefully, it's going to be a little bit of fun. Um, it involves drinking, so that's always a good thing. But um, we're we were talking about some topics we wanted to get through, and and the election and what's going on right now is definitely one of those. So. Philip, um, do you want to start things off? Do you want me to? You know to... what? I, I, I can't tell you that I'm, you know what? I'm a realist. Um, two men in the White House that are running for election are, um, are uh, that don't know my name, don't know anything about me and what I do, are not going to change the way I live. Although there are things that can be affected that I'm not going to be happy mm-hmm. with one way or the other. But I think that the American public has just been duped bigger than ever on number of votes uh the way the vote turned out um, there's there's just numbers out there that if you and i'm just going to do these numbers for you guys and you can figure yourself whether you go along with them or don't go along with them so i'm just going to throw a few numbers out there that just baffle me number one is being the uh overall total vote count okay okay the did you know one of the, the most votes ever for a winning candidate Prior Obama. to this, prior to this year's Obama, mm-hmm. was sixty nine million votes, sixty nine million popular votes, and of course won against um, John McCain. I think fifty nine million votes. 
do you realize that Trump just lost with two million more votes than the most votes ever? Most votes ever. And I'm telling you, I know why the Obama vote was what the Obama vote was. First ever chance to have an African-American yep. president. Yep. The, I mean, I mean, it's just, it, it makes sense. It makes total sense why people went and voted for Obama and were excited about Obama. Um, turn around in, in the next election, about the same numbers for him. The next election when Hillary ran, 60, 65 million for Hillary. A huge push for the first female president. Right. And Trump took him a little bit by surprise. And she supposed, but you're going to tell me that Biden in this election with the way that America was parading for Trump all over. Now, maybe he won, maybe he didn't. I, I don't, but I'm telling you, you're going to tell me that he got 76 million votes when the highest ever before this was Obama. I have a huge time believing that. 76 million in the U.S. population over 18 right now is 209 million people over 18. So those are people that Post, could vote. possibly could vote. Yeah. And he got more than a third of those possible voters. I don't believe. And, and so did Trump. Trump had 71 million. Two million more than what Obama's vote was back in just a few years back. Uh, the numbers do not even make sense to me. I don't think that many more millions and millions and millions of people turned out to vote. I do think there were votes cast, but I don't think people turned out to vote. Right. So uh, the way I look <laughs> at it today, I'm... One of the one of the lead stories that just just almost makes me scratch my head and think, my God, the Democratic Party came right out and says, "They're and this is headlines. Go to CNN, you can find this headline: Democrats blame loss of House seats on the large Trump turnout." Right. So Are they're blaming the large they're blaming Trump turnout the large for turn not getting the Senate on their side. Yet he's when, got the yeah. highest. It yeah. just it, none of it makes a lick of sense yeah. to me. I feel like I mean, and I don't think it's not so much that the Republicans don't trust the Democrats. The Democrats don't trust Republicans. I truly believe us as American citizens don't trust either one of them. No. I don't trust them at all. No, not at all. Um, and and I think most people you talk to is going to feel the same way. I think we've been duped. Uh, and and I mean, for me, hey. If Biden wins and they put Biden in there, probably my life's not going to change that much. Right. Hopefully things will stay the same. Yeah, your local elections are going to have a lot more yeah, effect so that's on what you than that That's one. what I was trying yep. to tell my kids. Yep. Remember who you vote for in your city council. Remember who you vote for for, for your in local yeah. legislator. And remember who you vote for for your governor because they're going to be making a yep. lot more decisions that affect you well, than these. For things. those of you out there listening to this, that's probably the most red I've seen Phillip's face in a long time. He got a little worked up there on that one. So, Well, it's very aggravating. Well, I'll and I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I first, so the six uh, six twenty in the morning on Thursday, November yep. 5th, the Georgia Secretary of State reported there are under 25,000 ballots left to be counted. We should be done by noon today. Yep. Two hours later, that same person says, oh, wait, no, there's actually fifty to 60,000 uncounted ballots remaining as of 8.30. And at the time, there was an 18,000 vote difference between the two candidates. If them son of a bitches can count, American Idol, 300 million yeah. votes for whoever wins in one night, and we couldn't figure this out. I mean, we still haven't figured it out. No. There's still three or four states that are still counting ballots. That is a lie and a spit in our face well, as Americans. I'm not going to go so far as to say this election was rigged yet. 
because I'm still I waiting see for proof. proof. Yeah, right. I do too. Right? I want to see proof. You. So but, I agree with that. But, but there's some funky stuff. But going I don't on believe here, the numbers. So. I do not believe the numbers. Multiple in any states. It never. They never found votes during the day. It was always overnight, overnight. that these states. Hey, we just found a whole another hundred fifty thousand votes. But you know what's weird, weird to me, um, and this was news as of this morning. I don't know if you saw this or not. Um, but uh, well, let me tell you a story. This is I'm just going to butt in on him for one second. Something that really aggravated me, and I'm not going to say that uh, this doesn't go on on both parties. But when they were doing the count in Pennsylvania, and they started putting paper on the wall so that people couldn't see in and see their counting, the people that were doing the counting inside, and these are the election officials. We're wearing Trump, uh, Biden hats and Biden face masks. And these are the people doing their counting. Now, I know even the people who are voting make, you know, I mean, they've got their own opinions and vote the way they want to vote. But it is against the law to be wearing signs inside the places. Absolutely. A- yep. And there they are wearing them right inside the election bout places. So this was announced last, late last night, but the director, I didn't know this position existed, but the director of the election crimes branch at the U.S. Department of Justice. So apparently the, the Attorney General of the United States, um, Barr, sent out a, a memo last night saying that... Uh, Federal prosecutors are going to start investigating allegations of voting irregularity, irregularities excuse me, before the results of the presidential race are certified. So within hours of that memo coming out, the director of election crimes branch at the U.S. Department of Justice resigned. You know why? He don't want to end up in the, in the floating in face up in the, or face down in the bog somewhere. Yeah. Well, I, I don't have I have very little uh, faith trust. I almost feel like it's a mafia feel of what they do. Well, and, and I don't want to get too much into politics here. I mean, it's <laughs> now we're hey, we're we're knee deep now. <laughs> well, we, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out um, with with uh, all of this. And, I, you know, Trump's going to file lawsuits. I don't know that I'll right. be honest with you. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. I, think I don't the either. president's going to be done. Um, but what's happened? What's funny is all these people that that now believe that Biden has won the presidency are calling for unity. They want everybody yep, to be unified yep. and all this stuff. Four years of being separated. Well, so so far, as far as I am aware, I have not heard of any cities catching on fire nope. or anybody looting nope. or doing anything like that. So I have no. This it's story. a whole different. It's a whole different mindset of the two groups of people. I had this, and, story. and I'm not saying if you're Democrat, you are. But those big city Democratic oh, cities are yeah, absolutely violent, violent cities. So I have this story here that uh, happened a couple weeks ago in Philadelphia. So it was right before the election. So set the stage. Philadelphia police get a phone call of a person with a weapon. Mm-hmm. They show up. There's a guy with a knife. Police order him to drop the weapon multiple times. Instead of doing that, he advances towards the police with the weapon and ends up getting shot. They actually backed away from him as he as he walked towards them and gave him multiple warnings before anything happened to him. Okay? So and I will say that yes, the guy had a mental illness. Yes, they were aware of that because of previous calls and, and previous interactions with this guy. However, if you're a police department and you're a police officer doing going on a call and somebody's coming at you with a weapon, that's not going to end well. And I don't okay. care if you have a mental Ill- illness or not. Unfortunately, that's going to be the, the situation. But what happened here is, is, is so Philly decides they want to start protesting this. 
and calling for police reform and all this kind of stuff. So how do they do that? Well, they break in. They started by breaking into a Walmart through the roof, yep. breaking water pipes, flooding the place, That's and start looting. Yep. So how is that going to do any police reform I, I or bet do you any they good? Did, there wasn't one pair of work gloves or work boots that got stolen. So in this riot, if you will, or, yep. or protest for police unity, 12 people end up getting shot the first night, including a 15-year-old. <laughs> And what was funny, there was a video. This guy looted this Walmart and filled his car with shit he stole. Yep. And then somebody stole his car from him and Good. took off in it. So. Good. Karma. I like karma. So, how does that help your cause at all? I mean, if that's what you're arguing. And so my point is, is if Trump would have won this election, in my opinion, in a lot of these cities, there would have been a lot of this oh, kind of stuff going on. Right. They, they aren't rioting in Tulsa. They're not burning down Oklahoma no. City. Uh, Salina hasn't caught on fire yet, but... It's it's a whole different mindset. Well, and, and I'm going to take this one other direction here before we get off this subject. Um, because I agree with you, Philip, that I, I, there's some funky things going on. I do think we've been duped. I think there's a lot of irregularities that need to be investigated. I don't know how, unless we have some major reform. And I'm not talking about reform as in getting rid of the Electoral College. I'm talking about reform and how votes are tabulated, how they're counted, how they're turned in, those kind of things. How can we ever trust an election again if nothing changes from what happened this year? To vote in Mexico, you have to have a voter's registration card. There's multiple—I don't know how many states, because I'd have to—I didn't study this. But many, many states here, you don't even have to show an ID to vote. So um, any any number of people could turn up. I don't understand these mail-in ballots. And people say, oh, they've always done them. They haven't always done them at the numbers that they're doing them now. No. So, of course, yes, they've always done them. I, we know that. There's been people that overseas that have used mail-in ballots and stuff, but never was it pushed on the American pu- public of let's all do them, let's all do them. I think uh, even a part of the pandemic rolls back to winning this election, um, trying to impeach him over the last few years. The, yep. the, the divisiveness that's been there for four years, and now all of a sudden they're screaming unity. I, you already said this. But that is so hypocritical. Oh, it's absolutely is. And here's the thing, and, and this is where I'm going with this. I don't think you can trust an election without some sort of major election reform. The other thing I'm going to tell you right now is, in my opinion, the media has lost all credibility. From, there is none. And, and I'm not, I'm not going to share Cody here. I, I do watch Fox News more than I do watch other news outlets, CNN or MSNBC for anything like that. But with that said... I mean, even the Fox News people, I mean, you can watch the same speech and you go to Fox News and they say, this is what yep. he said. You go to CNN. Nope. This is, and it's completely different. Do you said in airports, thing. me and you sat in airports a lot, right? Uh, I now, do, not, yeah. not, not in the last well, year. Not, yeah. <laughs> but we've sat in a lot of airports. And if you'll go into, are you able to, um, just spitball in here, but are you able to go into those areas? Like my American Express lets me go. I have those. some that I can go okay, into. Okay, so yes. you can get some points and you can go yep. set. But they'll be running two shows. They'll be running like you look to your left. They'll have CNN on. Look to your yep. right, and, and the same story can be told. Yep. And I'm talking about not just political, exact same stories, two exact completely different viewpoints. Yep. And you'll sit and watch them and go, "Who are you supposed to believe?" And that's that's the problem. Did you see the number of people jumping to the new uh, social media thing, Parler? Yeah, yeah. Which I feel like uh, it's fine if you want to go do it, but you're basically just chasing after what a group of people who all think right. the way you think. Uh, when I, I don't, I'm not going to get into it on like this that. one because I think it's a topic that we do need to address. Yeah, let's with talk the media about it next time. But 
I mean, there were some censorship things going on on, on Facebook and Twitter, Terrible. which unfortunately is where most people get their news these days. Yep. Uh, we can get into that on another podcast. I actually have somebody I'd like to bring in that is kind of pays attention to that stuff and talk about that a little bit. But So look forward to that one coming up if yeah. any of the rest of y'all are pissed well, off because we will get into that pretty heavy because I've got a lot of opinions on that, and, and a lot of my friends have a lot of opinions on that. What I thought was funny was the Democrats spent over $60 million just in TV ads in South Carolina and lost by 10% to Lindsey Graham there, and then they spent over $40 million in Kentucky to lose by 20% well, to Mitch you, McConnell. They, they spent the highest amount ever spent yeah. in Kansas to lose. So The most in Oklahoma to lose. We could use that $100 million for some COVID relief. I, the number, I, I wrote this down and should have brought it with me today, but the, the dollar amount that Dr. Barbara Bollier paid compared to what Dr. Gary Marshall paid to become our new senator was way improportionate. And most yep. of the money came out of the state of Kansas. It came yep. from New York and L.A. Yep. Uh, to here, and she still lost. So it didn't didn't do them any good. And, and of course, what the, like I said, go to your go to CNN tonight. Just put in election results and read one of the headlines that says Democrats blame loss of House seats on large Trump turnout. Did you hear what I just said? <laughs> they lost House seats because of the large Trump turnout. And he got beat by over five million popular votes. It makes no sense whatsoever. Um, I'm with you, brother. No sense. Okay, so we have something. Uh, let's use the word interesting for this. Um, something that uh, Stephanie, our guest here, brought up to me a month or two ago. Thought this would be interesting. And we know Phil likes his uh, cheladas. Uh, not much of a wine drinker, but... We do like to drink on this podcast, so we're going to bring Stephanie on here to uh, to talk about uh, some wine with us. So welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin and Philip, for Stephanie having me. Stephanie Baird is our special guest. Why don't you, you want to just break right into telling us what it is that we're yeah, getting into here? Absolutely. Okay. So I actually found this company this summer, um, went to a wine tasting because we do do wine tastings, which is um, amazing. And I wasn't a huge wine drinker. I mean, I loved wine, but really would get headaches from it. Right. And the moment I took a taste, I knew that this was a little bit different. So I went to a tasting and was like, what is this company about? Like what this, I'd never heard of it, never knew of, you know, having wine tastings, having wine delivered right to your door. And then plus the whole philosophy behind the wine. So the wine is, uh, the company's called Scout and Cellar. And our uh, owner and CEO came up with a philosophy. She was a corporate lawyer, and she loved wine. She wanted to become a sommelier and really was focusing on getting that, um, that certificate. But every time she would go in and do wine tasting, she would get a massive headache and could not figure out why. So she did a lot of research, did a lot of digging scientifically, went to doctors, couldn't figure it out. Well, she figured out how much... Um, extra things that uh, mass produce wine they put into it and I have I can even we can even talk about it a little bit but she then said we we have to change this we have to change this philosophy and how am I going to be able to drink this wine so she goes out to vineyards from all over the world small guys local farmers and says can you do a b c d um, if you can, we really want to partner with you. And they walk the vineyards together. They sit around a table. They break bread. They drink wine together. And they become partners. Right. 
So that's how it works. That's how it works. Yep. And so we have vineyards all over the world. So we have wines from France, from Chile, from Mendocino, California, from you know Oregon. We've got them all over, and we're just not mass produced. So um, they then have to hit, hit certain strict standards. They then are tested twice again at UC Davis in Dallas, and then we do our own bottling. And our bottling, we use light glass, so it has a, a smaller carbon footprint. We ship it all over the nation. Um, and then we used um, eco-friendly corks, and we do not use foil because there's no need for it. Right. So in a nutshell, do, that's kind of what it is. Do you sell these in house parties? or? Here? Yeah. I mean, of course, we can go online and buy them. Correct. We went to your website, mm-hmm. and we'll throw that out there in a second. But, yep. but, it's, but your big sellers come through group parties house parties correct okay i will bring i usually i'll talk to my um you know, my hostess or host whoever wants to you know host it and i'll say do you guys like reds whites um we have mixables now and, and seltzers you know what do you like what is your what is your crowd so then i'll bring a, a you know like i'm doing one next week they all like reds so that's all i'm going to bring um and then i have a cue actually but a, why don't you want to try something different that's what i say too I'm like, just because you like reds doesn't mean you might not like a white. Because I do drink wine. Bring along a few There was a period of time when I only drank white Zinfandel. And everybody starts with the Behringer's or the box of Franzia in in the refrigerator. But Mm -hmm. uh, you have to try other stuff. You don't know what you like if you don't try it. Right. Drives me crazy. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. (laughs) I I do want you to go into the a little bit if, if you've got the things wrote down there that yeah. Uh, ran into the headaches and what's what sure. and you don't get them now right. since you started drinking no, this. No, and you... and honestly, Phil, I, you know, I was you know me. Yeah. I was a beer drinker and then I kind of gone to sell more seltzers, but now I won't drink anything else but this because I literally do not feel well after right. I right. change. Now I don't don't get me wrong, I love my beer now yeah. and then now and then. But... And and she's not saying you can drink this all night. And get really drunk and not, <laughs> not have, have a headache. Not have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But you were getting headaches just from having a few oh, yeah. glasses I, of wine. Oh, I could immediately take a taste. Yeah. Like black box. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that was one of the higher end. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get a lot of glasses of wine, but then you end up drinking three, four glasses. That's never happened before. Never. But, yeah. But then you'd get your headache the next morning. And yep. I, not that I, I'm not going to admit that I have drank a whole bottle before, but let's just say I have, and I feel fine the next day. So. <laughs> so you can drink one and you're fine. If you start drinking more than one, you're on your own. Right. That's what I just heard out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's, it's definitely an interesting concept. Um, you know, uh, full disclosure, mm-hmm. I have. Well, I wasn't invited to one of her parties, but I just kind of showed up at one. He did. So I've I've wine had some cra- of these ones. wine party crasher. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> hey, job. It worked out. So so I I have talked to Stephanie about this before, and I know that one of the controversial is not, not the right word, but one of the things that a lot of people talk about in wine is sulfites, mm-hmm. especially in red mm-hmm. wines, obviously with right. the grape skins and all that. Mm-hmm. So, so what is, how is this wine different from, from regular red wine from that regard? Sure. It, it's got a lower sulfite. Um, we only put I'm sorry, I'm looking at my notes here, but most, um, most of our wines are less than 50 parts per million, but the most commercial wines are over 300. Okay. So yeah. significantly less. Yeah. So. That's interesting. And that's where it goes to the testing and Correct. Mm-hmm. Dallas. And- yep. Right. So some of the things that, like, I have this that, you know, everyone can look at. I know people can't see it. 
But Let me look at it, and I'll even read off a few of the things. And tell the you. one that it says Philip is the 250 additives. He's got to get his old man glasses. I, I've out. got mine on <laughs> as well. 250 added, commonly added yep. for approved products such as additives, ferrocyanide, ammonium phosphate, mm-hmm. copper sulfate, mega purple, GMO ingredients. Just to name a few, those aren't in yours, right? Correct. That's what you're saying. And ferrocyanide, that's like an anti-caking agent. Um, the ammonium phosphate is used in fertilizer. I, I looked these up. Um, copper sulfate is a fungicide, algicide. Yeah. Uh, mega purple is basically a grape juice concentrate. So right. it's to makes the, uh, the wine a darker color. It takes away the wine and puts in grapefruit juice. Yep, and yep. then it adds sweetness as well. And, you know, one of my things I've always... Got steered away from drinking any wine most of the time mm-hmm. is because I feel like it's so sugary. I'm a diabetic yep. and yes. I don't want to uh, drink anything yeah. that I don't know amount of carbs I'm having. If right. I can't f- fix it for me, it says here the uh, average mass pr- produced bottle of wine can contain up to 16 grams of added sugar. That's more than a glazed donut, so that's a lot of uh, lot extra carbs for me. I do like a glazed donut, uh, though. <laughs> clean crafted wines have zero grams of added sugar. Correct. So that's a big thing. It is a big a thing. A lot of people. And especially you. Um, yes. Yeah. And I did check with, like I said, one of my contacts, and she does have quite a few diabetics that do just fine on this wine. Yeah. The one that we're trying tonight, one, the red one, the Hush Keeper, um, it has a residual sugar of point zero five. So there is, I mean, some some of our wine yeah. is a little bit, you know, but a lot, like the, the party that I had, mm-hmm. that Kelly came to, um, a lot of those ladies really like the sugary, the, yeah. you know, the cupcake yeah. and yes. things. Yeah. Yes. So our wine isn't like that. Right. So I have to tell them up front, you know, you're, if you're a sweet, 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 you're not going to really right. like anything. But a lot of them kind of figure it out in their head. Right. And then they do try some of the whites and they're like, okay, this is sweet, but not as sweet as you know, I'm used to, but I like it. They, okay. they finally can taste the flavors, you know, the... Do, do you find... You were talking about the party you're, you have coming up and that mm-hmm. they're just like, we're not going to do whites. But do you find when you do these parties that people typically do branch out oh, yeah. and, and try? Because that, mm-hmm. that's the thing that drives me crazy. And obviously I have an issue with this because I'm bringing it up again. But you don't <laughs> learn unless you try stuff. Right. right. And okay, this is a perfect time to try it. You don't like it. Don't drink it anymore. That's fine. Right. Go back to what you like, but at least try it. Right. No, I will bring one white because I know there will be some on there that will want to try the white. So. So what kind of what kind of price ranges are we talking about from from what uh, what you, what this company has to offer? Sure. Because Pri- when you hear these kind of terms, you mm-hmm. think that's going to be more expensive, right? right? When you mm-hmm. get into the organic and non-GMO and that sort of thing, right. that's the first thing you think of. And you have to realize too, um, I was actually listening to a video on the way down, um, the biodynamics, the way that the, the farming is done, it is very expensive to farm that way. Um, to keep it with the small guys, you know, the way that you fertilize your soil or don't fertilize it. Or there is a story um, that Sarah does tell about, she was walking through a vineyard and she saw these little white things on the vines, and she went up and was like, "What is this?" And they were snails. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she freaked out. And he goes, "No, Sarah, this this means it's good. Like this means our earth is healthy, our vines are healthy. You know, we are in a ecosystem of you know positivity." So, she goes, "As long as it doesn't end up in the wine, I don't care." You know. Right. So yeah. So we're we're back to fertilizing with cow manure rather than some. 
phosphate that they come up Correct. with. Right. That's, Probably, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just good. Yep. And that's getting more popular in the wine industry. We went out to Napa Valley a couple of years ago and did a trip. And it was really interesting to listen to the winemakers and the vineyard owners mm-hmm. talk about like pest control with snakes instead of poison that they used to do. Right. Huh. And I think from at least the places we went, there's a pretty big shift right now out in that in that state as far as what they're doing and trying to be a little more conscious of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So Right. But back to your your question on price point. Um we, we the price point like the one that you guys had gotten the dove hunt dog and i was gonna maybe bring that one the pinot noir because you said bring a bring a crowd favorite and that is definitely a crowd favorite but i knew you'd already had it so i wanted to bring something different but that one you know that's 20 bucks a bottle um we do have and i encourage it a lot for those that love wine is to get a part of our circle because venture out yep. you're gonna get something different every month and what's super cool about <clears throat> the circle is you, you get wines that not everyone can buy a la carte, so it's special to you. Mm-hmm. And it's something different every month. And you can change it how you want it, stop it, start it. And you get a little booklet that explains everything about the wine, tells about the farmer, tells about um, the dog that is the greeter of the vineyard, and his name is Pip. So it's really neat that you get to really dig deep and dive into each vineyard. And get to know it, and get this, to know your you wine. You call this the circle. So if you went online and ordered this, you'd almost come like a like wine a of the month club, correct? Mm-hmm. On a price point on something like that, what are you talking about? Four bottles um, is eighty nine dollars, and it ships free. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's still pretty close to that, a little bit more, but still pretty close to that twenty dollars. It's a bottle. twenty twenty five, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, which yeah, is pretty standard. I mean, but you're getting something that nobody else has. Exactly. I buy a lot of wine. Yeah. And I mean. It's a good Christmas There's gift, There's $10 right? bottles really good that Christmas aren't gift. good. If you're looking out there. But it honestly, I mean, you say you have house parties, but we've got people listening on here from from Oklahoma and maybe some from out far ways down. Do we have any listeners overseas anymore? We, we, every <laughs> once in a while, somebody will. Do you? Yep. But anyway, how do we, how do we uh, get to... Get to my website. I mean, we, we'll say this more than once. Sure. Yeah, and we'll put it on our Facebook page yeah. as okay. well. But go sure. ahead and tell us it's, how you would... It's very simple. It's scoutandseller.com. And then backslash Sassy Vines. And that's the name of my, basically my company is Sassy Vines. Philip knows me, so he understands where the sass comes from. So Sassy Vines. Well, he didn't put two and two together on who was coming until, what, about one o'clock this afternoon? No, he says Stephanie's coming. And so I said to Lisa today, I said, uh, Lisa said, I said, well, I've got the website out, showed Lisa the website. And she said, well, Stephanie does that. And I go... Well, maybe that's who's my guest tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I also saw you guys do wine in cans. Yeah, we do. Is it is it the same wine that's in bottles? You just can it instead? And then add flavors. Yeah, add, you know, um, natural flavors to it. So the one I brought right now is actually what we call our hard cider. So we okay. just rolled it out. So it's it's still a wine. It's like a white-based wine. Um, and it's it is got low in carbs, three grams of carbs, three grams, carbs, yeah. I think two grams of sugar yeah. and 70 calories. Hmm. Um, and we can open it up and try it too. It's, it's whatever you okay. guys want to try, but there's, it's got apples and spice and pomegranate in it. So what's this wine that we're drinking here? So the one that I brought tonight is a hush keeper. So it is a blend and I knew I, so it's, it's, it's one of my got favorites. Some Cabernet Sauvignon in it. It does. So I was going to so test you. So it's either, so it's a blend. It's either... 
Cab Franc or I don't think it's Merlot in there with it. Snobby bastard, didn't he? He is, I know. Mm, yeah. So it's 70. You know what? I say it just tastes good. It's not that that. I, I smell So I'm it. going with ca- Cabernet Sauvignon and Cab good. Franc. Okay, so it's 70% Cab Sauv. Okay. And 30% Petite Syrah. Oh, it was Syrah. So you were close. So. Good job. So Kevin. this one, so when you smell it, Philip, what do you smell? Kevin, what blackberry. You, smell? you do? I, I do. That smelled like blackberry. Okay, so it's, yeah, deeply colored um, with blackberry cobbler, okay. plum. And spice on a richly te- textured palate. You know what? You, now that you sit here and tell me to smell it, maybe that. Yeah. I. You know what? I don't drink enough wine. Have never drank enough wine outside of the Boone Strawberry Hill to really uh, <laughs> sit down. Maybe I'll start understanding. So the one thing that I, <laughs> the one thing that I notice, and I noticed this when we drank the wine uh, at Kendra's house yeah. a couple mm-hmm. months ago. And I notice it now. One thing that you will typically get when you drink a, a cab is the tannins mm-hmm. in the cab. Where you get you know, you see people whose teeth are like purple. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of almost gritty a little bit in your mouth. I don't get that no. at all with these. I have not yep. once. And yep. I think it's it's more of that that purple dye or that you know that deep purple. Um. Yes, I agree. Like I can tell a lot of friends that drink red wine. Yep. And they are. And then you get that. Just that film right. on and your yeah. teeth. I'm not saying it won't turn your teeth purple, but I don't. The film that we're talking about, right. that you have noticed that in wine. Oh, that you, oh, yeah, oh yeah, you definitely yeah. do. On, on the ones yep. that drink these. Yeah, just like coffee drinkers, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, well, that's cool. I mean, I this is stuff. So, so we do. We have bought some bottles and tried some different ones. And I will say, so far, I I haven't had one that I did. There was some white ones I didn't like, but I'm not a big white wine drinker. But I did try but them. But you ventured out, yes. Kevin. That's awesome. <laughs> but there were some white wines that I did like. So, but everything we've had, I've I've really enjoyed. So, mm-hmm. and I might even like this spritzer more. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, he's in the spritzer already. I must pour too big of a yeah, glass. Yeah, he hasn't got so there yet. I'm thinking the lake. Yeah, can, we also that's more have, of a lake thing that yes. you can throw in the, uh, the cooler. Cooler mm-hmm. glass not allowed on the lake, so yep. th- that would be a good thing. I use my little wine brewmate. And right. I put a little ice in it, pour those over. Yep. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. It is. Pre- and then we and also. there are lots of wine drinking. And your, your lake, same as our lake, uh, Grand doesn't allow glass on right. the lake, whatever. Right. These uh, aluminum can spritzers, people would love them. And we also have right now, like a holiday can set. So there's a white, there's a red, there's a bubbly white, and a bubbly rosé. Yeah. Um, and sparkly cans are pretty cool. But oh. everything we have um, is wine-based. So. This one I have right here, this is actually a mixable. So we have a, 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 a mixable that has really no flavor to it, which is more like a vodka comparative. And this one here is more like a gin comparative. And I'm super excited for you guys to try it. But because, it's wine-based. But it's wine-based. So it's, it's flavor profile similar to gin, but it's wine-based. Correct. It's, it's got more botanical taste to it. It is charcoal filtered. It's higher in alcohol volume than the it's others. It's 20%. Yeah. Oh. So gin, let's say, was it's 40, yeah. 40%. Yep. 40%. And our other one is like D- Tito's is compared to about 40%. So this is half the alcohol, but then yet half the calories. Right. Yep. That's still a fair amount of alcohol content, though. Yeah. Not two and a half. Yeah. We'll have to try that one. You guys keep talking. I'll grab it. Oh, we can pause it. It's fine. Oh, okay. I can I can edit all of this out okay. right now. Okay. Don't edit it out. Just listen to me swallowing. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not going to uh, edit that good, out. Pretty good. Pretty <laughs> good. So either people out. are going to laugh at this or they're going to be like, oh, hey, are you kidding me? bartender. <laughs> well, they 
I asked uh, Stephanie earlier if I could sing her the old uh, Which one do you want? special. Uh, I'm going to hire a wino, but uh, I'll Okay, so do you like lime? So, I have so she's poured the mixable into a cup, yeah, and now we have, have some flavored sparkling water. So I like LaCroix, so I'll, like I'll do I, lime. I do I'd okay, rather do we'll the do that one then. Yep. Yeah, I like a little flavor with my drinks instead of just straight seltzer water. And I usually do a, a slice of lime, but I forgot to bring them. Sorry. Oh, well. And you'll do, if you have a house party at someone's place, you would bring... I do. I bring a gru- uh, Just a, a, a little bit of the aluminum can uh, and then, like you said, red wines or white wines, whatever yep. people like. I would think anybody would say bring some of both. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and I have like a little pourer. You know, like what you see at the bar, you know, they put the thing mm-hmm. on top. So each bottle of wine does about 16 serves. Okay. So, you know, I try to have around, I try to tell people don't have any more than 10 to 12. Um, I was only there know. for a third of the time and I had more than that. Yeah, he did. <laughs> well, because some of them weren't, you know, the, the ladies weren't drinking. Yeah, they weren't. Was, they, there were some they did not like and I didn't, I was okay with them. So I drank those. There was one that was like a peach or something I remember that wasn't. I remember what there was one that was not popular, but I went ahead and finished that off for him. Sure. So, if you wanted to have a party at your house, what, I mean, you I, I know how a lot of other things like this you try to get someone to, but like right now, if somebody wanted to have a party at their house, mm-hmm. what are we doing to get that? All you do is just get let me know and see if it works in the schedules. And we talk about how many bottles, like this, this one I'm doing next week, it's a housewarming. A gal here in town just bought a new house, so she wanted to kind of christen her house, and right? So, I some people do sex toys. Some people do. They do pure wine. romance. Yeah. You know what? A mix of the two would <laughs> yeah. be a bad deal. Yeah. This Amy. is interesting. Hey, Amy. Amy, I know. <laughs> We've already talked about it. <laughs> Amy and Stephanie could have an early late sh- show going together. Well, this have you tried the mixable yet? It's interesting. No, haven't tried I, I it get. Yet. Let me try. I get so why it's compared to to gin. This one. But I would not compare it to gin. If I was no. expecting it to be gin, I would be disappointed. But it's really, it's it's better than gin. I love it. This would be really good in the summertime. Yeah, yeah. sitting around the pool. Yeah, this is. I I'm not cold. Uh, I I actually kind of get turned off by gin. This is better than gin. I do not like gin. So I yeah. ordered one bottle, thinking yeah. I'll yeah. use it for a part. Oh, I love it. Like this is my go-to right now. Yeah, it's pretty bring, good. Bring a bottle of gin along I, with it and give them a little shot of that first and then this. So you get terp, turpentine too. Right. But <laughs> I, I, I've always, I, it kills me whenever people say order gin because I'll think, why? Scout and Seller needs you? to work on their marketing on these though yeah. because I knew that they I would did. like the wine because mm-hmm. the, the wines we've had have been good. When I was reading, I was concerned about what this mixable was and how this works. Now that I'm drinking it, it's actually mm-hmm. pretty good. Oh, if, if like you said, if you had the lime in here with this, it's, yeah. it would be I just really do a little good. splash lime. Yeah. Well, and then you have to realize, too, um, and w- which I haven't talked about yet. So we do a lot of um, smaller batches. So if you like a certain wine, Kevin, get it. Because it's not going to be the yep. same. And that is the whole philosophy of this company is – we don't mass produce our wine, so we don't chemically alter our wine to taste the same every time. Right. And that's what I loved about it. I love that philosophy about it. So, you so know. So if a guy's having a bad year next year, you may not get that wine. Like one, one right. farm. I mean, with. I asked one of my, I have mm-hmm. a, I have a friend who owns winery up in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And I asked him this week, has the fires right, uh, right. affected you? And he said, oh, it's, you would yep. never believe. Mm-hmm. He yep. said, we've lost a lot of crops this year because right. of the fires. I, I think there's a good so, chance that wine prices are going to go yeah, up that, well, here he in was, the next couple of years. He was sort of, of telling me that. Yeah. Because uh, Napa Valley got hit pretty hard, too. Yeah. 
yeah. which 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 I'm sure hits us as well. Right. But we do have so many vineyards throughout the world. But if um, you've got a small farmers, like you said, right. you you love one, you may never get it again in you your life. You might not, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our batches are anywhere from, you know, 700 maybe to, let's just say 1,200 bottles, you yeah. know, maybe. Oh, wow. So the, it's not a large batch. Yeah. Some of them are larger. Um, but, yeah, if you like it, get it. Because we just came out with one last week called a PIP, PK. And this was PIP, the dog, the greeter. And it's it's a, uh, a fizzy Pinot Noir and I, which is what? Me, uh, so a Pinot layman. Noir is uh, it's a great it's a yeah. a red wine. It's a real yeah. it's a lighter bodied red wine. But what I'm thinking it might be like is somewhat like a Lambrusco, but mm-hmm. not as sweet. Is what I'm so I'm super excited to get it. Hmm. Well, I'm super excited to buy a bottle of one of this. What's yeah. the, tell me what this is. That again. one's the Wilderness Grove. Wilderness Grove. And then it's we the have mixer. yep. And then we have the Wilderness Road, which is the the vodka comparative. So you can do with that one. Bloody Marys, you can do, you know, whatever you do with vodka, you know, just do it with seltzer water. But yeah. I love the flavor of this one. This one too. is my favorite. So with the holidays coming up, do you have, you guys have any specials going on or we any do. kind of kits or anything like that? We do. We have gift guides. And actually I've been really kind of hitting up, like today I was sitting with my uh, financial advisor, Chris Drew, and he listens oh, to the Oh, shout podcast. out to Chris. Yep. Yeah, I just out. talked to him Saturday night. Yep. <laughs> So I was sitting with him today and I just said, Hey, you know, if you do any corporate gifting or, you know, gifting for your clients, let me know. And so he was super excited about it. Um, Maybe just I'll get it's another a bottle. It's a great oh. idea for that. Depends I've got on it, how my, much you spend, right? My Aunt Arlene is a big Chardonnay drinker. So uh, get ready for Christmas gifts for her. Right. <laughs> but we do have gifts, um, gift sets right now. But this is the one I'm super excited about for those that want to try different things. We have we only have a thousand of these left. I'm just letting you know, everyone. This gift Advent gift box. Oh, so I saw that on your website. Yep, today. there is twelve mini. Bo- so there's there's a few of these in here. Mm-hmm. I think two or th- two or three of the cans, and then there's twelve different kinds of wine. Um, there's whites and reds, sparklies. In a really cool box, guys. So if anybody's out there listening and you want to do this as a gift for Christmas, celebrate the season box. Free shipping. 12 different. Be a great Christmas gift. Think of a. We are not paying for Alcoholics Anonymous, though, when you're done with it. No. That's on you. It's 12 small. Mm -hmm. small And what I love about it is Jason's not a wine drinker. Although he did have one of my really good cabs that I have. um, And he said, yeah, I I might be able to do that. But, But what I like about this is it's about a glass and a half of wine, it's just perfect. You know, just perfect. So yeah, I'll tell you that gift buying has because of the way we're having to do shopping. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing shopping online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. I struggled in the beginning to find good gifts, um, things like these that you can go to and go. It's something unusual. It's something different. Right. People will remember you for sending it. It's way better than going to Amazon and saying, oh, "Send them a blanket for Christmas." I mean, right. but I, I mean, I, I would be the worst online shopper that ever lived. Mm-hmm. So these things make it make it easy for you to do your shopping, and then you can ship them anywhere. Yeah, you know, ship them anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep, because a lot of time we're probably not going to travel like we have in years right. past. Well, and I was when I, I was looking at the website yesterday. I saw there was a couple higher end, little pricier bottles. Right. Um, because Kelly and I have a couple of our favorites, so we might over Christmas break we might have to try to uh, do a little blind taste test, and and if we do that, I'll let you know the results of that. So there there was a taste test of with that Barnhard 
cap, which is my favorite, to the Camus. Uh, Camus and Silver Oak are, yep. and Cake Bread. They're all the same. But um, And he he picked the the barn, well, Barnhart. Well, so. so I will try that over Christmas break. And I will let you know what the results were when we do when we get that completed. So, yeah. well, anything else you want to tell us before we get into the next segment of our podcast? And you listen to it, so you know what's I coming do. up. Yes, I know what's coming up. And we'll post all this on. <laughs> yeah. For my yep. own remark, she's gave me uh, what's that? Three glasses of wine and a and a, mix and a mixer. So I'm not going to remember everything that, that that she's told me tonight. Yep. So I've got back, it all under control. Back to the website. I got you covered. Kevin will put it on yep. our Facebook. I will put page. it on the Facebook right, page. Go. So if anybody wants here to order anything before the holidays, I'll have it on yeah. there. So. And if they need any suggestions, I'm not a sommelier by no means, but I've learned a lot, um, and I can usually give somebody kind of point them in the right direction. That bottle right there would go really good with a good steak. Yeah, it would. Yep, it's my favorite. So, all right. Well, it's time for uh, the segment we have for every one of our guests. I just quizzed my pants. And she knew this was coming. She's, uh, she's. I know she listens to our podcast, uh, and and so we'll, we'll see how prepared she was for this. I don't know. I did change all of the questions. Okay. In case you were prepared, I I'm wasn't. just kidding. I, I wasn't. Prepared. Oh, okay. All right. And and Philip and I, as as we normally do, we're going to answer one of these questions. So, um, question number one: If you could have any dinner, excuse me, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh man. Amber still hasn't. Give us I know, an answer. Amber, come on. It's ridiculous. You should have already answered this on Facebook at least. I know. I, I wasn't Amber prepared. Rinfer, here we go. I, should have, I should have listened. Say it one more time to her. This is so simple. If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be? <clears throat> come on. <laughs> Philip and Kevin. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's two. What's the next one? No, that doesn't have to be your two. You know, know what? I, we've gone on here and said people have said things like Michael Jordan. Right. Um, Dead or alive. Jesus. Uh, right. Just different ones like right. that. So it gets to just to freshen you up. What do you think? I, I really thought she would be. She would just rattle these off. I, I know. I wasn't prepared. I was more Merle thinking Haggard. about. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris Ledoux. Yeah. There you go. Okay, well, well, so you may have to answer later. Yeah, we can come back. We'll okay. come. We'll yeah, come we'll back. put we'll that on Facebook. We'll that one stumps around. everybody. So, okay, question number two: What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, I would have loved to been a doctor. That was my dream. Well, you're around doctors. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Close enough. I am. Or okay, singing. Yeah, I would have loved maybe. You know, I'm. I don't country music singing. Yes, and mm-hmm. it's it, it's you, a passion. I don't know that more people can't really say that because we all ride around in our cars. And I'm oh, I'm a like, singer. I'm just like you. I'm a singer. I, I just wish I was better. That's the only <laughs> problem. What? That's a good one. But and, and as far as a doctor goes, is there any field? specifically that you like no, or wanted to I be or just like nowadays what i'm thinking about is like dermatology because yeah. I, <laughs> I can do my botox and my peels <laughs> and <laughs> significantly less expensive yeah. when you can do them yourself yes so this is uh this is the one that philip and i are going to answer tonight okay. if you could have one superpower what would it be you're asking me i thought yep. you're not going to answer well we'll answer we'll it too but too. well I'll, I'll tell you mine mine is teleportation 
Mm-hmm. I would like to be able to go anywhere I want, whenever I want. Hey, what sounds good tonight for dinner? You want pasta in Rome? There you go. Let's go. Done. You want to go see the Great Wall of China? Mm. Done. Good. That's be a great one. Yep. I've probably got too much Michael Scott in me. I'm worried about what other people are thinking about me. Mm-hmm. I'd like to just be invisible. Yeah. Just go invisible. Sneak in the room and see who's calling me an asshole behind my back. You probably don't want to know that. You don't want to know that. Oh. All right. Your turn now. I probably would like flying. I think yes. flying that was is... That was number two for me. I yeah. think, you know, you always dream. And when you dream, you always fly. Yep. So. Okay. That would be kind of cool. Next question. What are you not very good at? Hmm. That's a hard question. Probably tennis. I thought she was going to say singing. She's not very good. <laughs> no, she's a good singer. Um, I know my husband always teases me because he's good at everything. Or golf. I, so, I love sports. I'm just not good at all. All right. So tennis. Tennis is the answer. She's not good at tennis. Tennis is a hard sport. Oh, hey, Phillips, pour him another drink. I believe I'll have another. <laughs> yeah. Okay, question number five. Do you have a pet? I have several. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think of your favorite pet. Mm-hmm. If you could ask that pet one question, what would it be? Like, how much did you really love me? <laughs> yeah. I had, a, I had a cat that I was super close to. Mm. Had to put, her, put him down. He was 22 years old. So, oh, wow. So yeah. funny. You know, uh, I look like a dog person. Look at my two chins. Look like a basset hound. I'm a cat guy, too. I know you are. I You're love a cat my daddy. Cats. Uh, yes. Cats. I've had so many nope. cats. I, lo- I loved my mama cat mm-hmm. for years. Oh, I know. We, the whole family cried and bawled when mama cat Half died. of the cats in the town of Salina came from mama cat. <laughs> there's, there's, <laughs> no, there's no lie. She's, she no, I'm, I'm dead serious. kittens. Dead She's serious. a beautiful kid. Uh, she was. Calico. But you're, you, what kind of cat did you have? He was just, he showed up, the story about Saber. Did you neuter him or was oh, he yeah. just a, he, yeah, so yeah. he would become a house cat yeah. and a family I mean, he cat. was outside. I mean, we live in the country, mm-hmm. so um, Jason worked in Harrington as a rec director and he just happened to kind of trot into the baseball field one night and Jason brought him home because nobody claimed him. Yeah. And that was Saber. 22, 22 years. 22 years. That's an amazing amount So you amount had him for 22 years. I had him for That's 22 so, years. But he was obviously is older than that when Jason brought him home. So Yeah. That's, That's about as old as they get. Yeah. I mean, he was probably, he was like just a kitten. I mean, oh, okay. he was like six months old, okay. maybe not even. But okay. Yeah. Well, last question. If you were told you only had one week to live, what would you do? Oh, travel. Where would you go? I, I love tropical. I mean, I just, I've been the Dominican... Um, right before we shut this down here, we were in Mexico. I just love being on the beach. Yep. So what's yeah. your favorite beach? Because I'm in the same boat. I, You know, we went to Dominican, and I loved it. It was white sand. Um, it wasn't too windy. Um, I'm going to have to go back. I hated Dominican Republic. You didn't like it? But we had a bad experience there, so I'm going to have to try it again. Well, Dominican, then um, Puerto Rico's just south of Dominican, the mm-hmm. next island yep. down, right? I've always, st- still yet... Of the ones that we've gone to, um, I liked uh, Puerto Rico about as good as any I've been to. Have you? Bahama, hands down, for both Kelly and I. Yeah, and it's, Jamaica you know, like would I said, have been I've a close second. Been, I've ne- we hated Jamaica so hot. I love Jamaica. When we were there, it was so miserably hot. So which beach in but Bahama? But I've never been to Bahamas. Um, all over. We've been to quite a few. We went to, we went to two different sandals mm-hmm. resorts in, mm-hmm. in the Bahamas, and then we've taken some boat excursions to many of the other mm-hmm. islands, so... 
It doesn't matter. Just in the Bahamas. Have either one of you ever heard of Conowal Lake? Mm -mm. 12 miles from where I grew up. It's a real nice little lake. Is that where we need to go? Southeast Oklahoma. I thought he was going to tell us it's (laughs) like Jamaica. No, Conowal Lake's really But you know what would be fun is, and it's still (laughs) on a bucket list, is you know when you can rent like one of those? Yeah. And then like 10, 10 couples, eight couples or whatever. Yep. Um, you just all chip in. You have and your own boat. chef and a boat. Yeah. And you that's, go island hopping. That's what I want to do. That's, that's my dream vacation yeah. is island hopping in the Bahamas on yep. a sailboat. That would I've be told, fun. I've told him a couple of times we've got a friends that own Express down in Georgia. Uh-huh. And they take their boat over from Miami to the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. And they do that yep. island hop and stay oh, in fun. one place, and and they say it is. The so we're gonna have to talk, tag John on us now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put Culpepper in here, and we'll. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't have my list anymore. His boat's name's Crack Pepper. If you're ever going out across the ocean Cracked and seeing Pepper, gotcha. John, Chris, <laughs> and my aunt Arlene. Arlene, she's aunt buying Arlene. some wine. I'm telling mm-hmm. her to get some of this wine soon. Okay. Well, cool. Anything else you want to add before we sign off here? I don't think so. But thanks for letting me sit in. Um, I just thought this was kind of cool and unique, and I listened to you, your podcast, and I thought maybe you guys would. You know what? You know, the fun thing is, me, me and Kevin are. I'll, I'll have. I'll host a party over at my house. I'm sure Lisa would like to, and we've got a few wine drinking friends. But, mm-hmm. but. Um, uh, we got to look into that soon. Yeah. Have one of those kind of parties because I think they'd be a lot of fun. And Kevin can crash again. If he'd I'm like. good at I'll it. I'll invite yeah. Kevin. But yeah. he'll, I just he wandered in like I didn't know what was going on. I, Next thing I know, I had a glass of wine I, in my hand. A lot of times, those these those kind of parties are so much fun. Everybody enjoys oh, them. And, and, and that, I know Stephanie. She makes things a lot yeah. of fun. And, and that's great. honestly kind of been, with my job, I've been stuck at home. Kind yeah. of like yep. everyone. And this has kind of been my light yeah, something through the to look darkness. To. To, I look forward to it, and I yeah. really only do a couple parties a month, and maybe tops. So I enjoy it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on with yeah, us. We'll get you. you. We'll get you the the famous Kevin and Philip Project koozies yes. before you leave, and we will post uh, the website on our Facebook page. So if anybody's interested, you can go to that website. If you have any questions, uh, just give us a shout, and if we can't answer them, we can have Stephanie. Uh, get you guys answers but the one thing I did want to mention before we sign off here on this podcast is that I have recently changed podcast hosting companies so for anybody out there the only thing that that really that that is going to affect is the people that listen online so when I post this I will have a new link for you to go to instead of Buzzsprout it's a company called Podbean but if you listen to this on Stitcher Apple Podcasts Spotify, anything like that, you will notice zero changes. So there's nothing you would need to do. But if you do listen to it on a computer online, there's a different link to go to. I will make sure I get that posted. And Philip and I just talked about this today. We're going to do another podcast in a week. It's going to be a little shorter than normal. But we are going to do a Thanksgiving podcast because it's next week is going to be our one-year anniversary. One-year anniversary of the podcast. Bedlam week for you Bedlam is coming up. And we ha- and you know how we like to talk about food, so we're going to be yep. talking about Thanksgiving food. So, thanks for listening to us. If as always, if you, anybody has any uh, need for any kind of investment advice or anything like that, please give Rustin a call. Um, let us know. We'll get you hooked up with him. I actually uh, three days a week sit with him now at basketball games, so I'll have him give you a you call. Too. So, all right. <laughs> so all right, we'll be back next thank week you, with the Stephanie. next episode. Scout yes, and seller. thank you. Scoutandseller.com. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page. 
www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.